Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, asked Peter. Peter simply wanted to know the expectation for a disciple of Jesus when it comes to forgiveness. Some of the rabbis at that time were teaching that you were only obligated to forgive someone three times when they sinned against you. Peter doubled that number and threw in another one for good measure, was probably expecting to be commended by Jesus for his generosity when it came to forgiveness. But Jesus taught Peter, and Jesus teaches us this morning, that for the Christian, forgiveness does not involve calculation, and forgiveness does not involve keeping score. For the Christian, forgiveness is a way of life. No, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven, Jesus said, meaning every time that forgiveness is needed and is requested. For us as Christians, forgiveness begins with our forgiveness from our gracious God. It begins with the incredible amount of sin that we have been forgiven by our grace-filled, mercy-filled God. And it begins with the terrible price that that forgiveness cost him namely the precious blood of his own son shed on the cross and the life of his beloved son given on the cross. In turn, we as Christians who have been forgiven so much at such a high cost to God, forgive others time after time after time in our lives. That's the point Jesus wanted to make in our gospel lesson when he told the parable that he told. A parable, of course, an earthly story containing earthly details, but told by Jesus to teach us something about life in his kingdom. In this case, about forgiveness. This parable is oftentimes referred to as the parable of the unforgiving servant. For this parable begins with a servant who owed his master an incredible debt, 10,000 talents. Now, a talent was an amount of money. The amount of money that a laborer would make after working for 20 years. In other words, this servant owed what 10,000 people collectively working for 20 years would accumulate. And when the master heard of the size of the debt he was owed, he called the servant forward and ordered that the servant, his wife, his children, and all of his possessions were to be sold. They sold into slavery and his possessions sold to at least begin paying that debt off. The servant fell to his knees and asked for mercy from that master. Have patience with me and I will repay. And incredibly, that gracious master had pity on that servant and forgave the entire debt. That servant, forgiven so much, goes out and encounters a fellow servant 
who owes him a mere hundred denarii. Now, a denarius was also a measure of money. It's the amount of money that a laborer would make working just one day. So this servant, who had been forgiven an amazing, incredible amount, meets a fellow servant who owes a minor, piddly amount in comparison. And that servant grabs the servant who was forgiven so much and starts choking him, demanding that he pay back the debt. That servant likewise falls to his knees and requests mercy. Have patience with me and I will repay. But the servant who was forgiven so much has no mercy to extend. Instead, he orders that that servant be thrown into jail. And then comes the penetrating question of the master to that first servant. Should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And of course, the answer is yes. The parable is easy to figure out, is it not? The master is our heavenly father who has forgiven so very much. And we are represented by that first servant who was forgiven an incredible amount. Our sins removed from us as far as the east is from the west, as we recited earlier in Psalm 103. And that second servant who owed a meager amount represents those who sin against us. The point, of course, again, is that we who have been forgiven so much by our gracious God should forgive others as they sin against us. Just as Joseph forgave his brothers after the terrible treatment he received in our Old Testament lesson for today. Uh, But we know there are times in life, aren't there, when forgiveness is not easy to come by. Oh, there are those times when someone does something very trivial, very small, and at those times, forgiveness can be easy to grant. Or there are those times when someone does something unintentional, they have no idea it was going to impact, it, impact us, they didn't mean to hurt us in any way. And in those times, again, forgiveness can be somewhat easy to grant. But then there are those other times. When someone very intentionally even seems to go out of their way in order to hurt us. And at times like those, forgiveness isn't so easy to come by. Let's stop and think about it for a moment. What are we actually doing when we forgive someone? The word for forgive that's used repeatedly in our gospel lesson actually means to release someone or something. And so when we forgive someone, we are releasing them from the feelings of anger and vengeance and retribution and wanting to get at least even with them that we have in our heart. When we forgive someone, we're not saying or concluding that what they did was right or that it was correct, or that it was appropriate. In fact, it may have been completely wrong, even against the word of God. But all we are doing when we forgive is releasing them from those hostile feelings that we have inside of our heart. And then there is the old expression, forgive and forget. And over the years, I've had a couple different people come to me and say pretty much the same thing. Pastor, 
I can still remember what that person did. And it's been 10 years now. I'm concerned that maybe I haven't for really forgiven them in my heart. After all, forgive and forget, right, Pastor? Of course, we may not be able to physically forget what happened. The important thing is not whether we can remember or not, but how do we remember it? Do we remember it again with those hostile feelings of anger and retribution and vengeance in our heart? If so, maybe you haven't really forgiven that person yet. But if we simply remember that it happened without those hostile feelings anymore toward that person, then we truly have released them, forgiven them from those feelings. About 14 years ago, there was an incredible example of forgiveness in a town called Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. On October 2 of 2006, a lone gunman barricaded himself in a one-room Amish schoolhouse, and before it was all said and done, he had shot eight students, killing five of them, before he turned the gun on himself and took his own life. That same day, that same night, there were members of the Amish community at the doorstep of that gunman's house, not to vandalize the house, not to burn the house down, but to support the grieving widow of that gunman and their two children and his parents who happened to be there as well. Before long, the members of the Amish community established a charitable account at a local bank in order to help the gunman's family with their expenses. And more than 30 of those Amish community members actually attended the funeral of the gunman, again, in order to support the family. Now let's stop and think about this. The Amish people, by their forgiveness and their actions, were not condoning what the gunman did. They weren't saying it was right or it was correct. Of course it was wrong. It was a direct violation of the fifth commandment, thou shalt not murder. And they probably never will be able to forget what that gunman did. But they did release him from those feelings of anger and bitterness and hostility in their hearts. The first words that Jesus uttered on the cross were not, Father, take vengeance on them, but rather, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And very soon we will pray in the prayer that our Lord himself taught us, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Is there anyone in your life for whom you are withholding forgiveness at this time? If so, I pray that God will move you in the direction of releasing them in your heart and in your mind. And not if, but when someone sins against you and asks for forgiveness, I pray God will move you to remember just how much he has so freely forgiven you so that you too will likewise be able to forgive. For all of us as Christians, it is exactly the same. We are forgiven to forgive. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith 
unto life everlasting. Amen. We stand for